So, um, so I was thinking about exactly how the rules of the Bonnie Prince douchebag drinking game should work. Mm -hmm. And here's where I've landed. Tell me if you think this is reasonable. Okay. So here are the rules. Rule one, every time he says, mark me, you have to take a shot. Yes. Or like a big chug of beer, let's say. Right? Fine. Rule number two, every time he says, mark me, and you have to take a big chug of beer, you have to take an additional big chug of beer. <laughs> because he fucking said Because he said, mark me. And every time he says it, it feels like at least four times. So it's maybe, true. and then every time you have to take a drink of beer because you had to take a drink of beer because he said, mark me, then you have to take another drink of beer. So that's like every time he says, mark me, you have to take three shots? Three? Yeah, we'll say three. That's like an exponential game. It yeah. is. It's like yeah. a fucking logarithm. You're like, drink um, a logarithm. <laughs> logarithm. Ah! I didn't even mean that. Oh, Janine, Janine does pissed. not approve. Janine, Janine does, does not approve. Not like that. Um, and then uh, maybe every time he makes a face like he just peed a little, then you also <laughs> have to drink. Which he does a lot. I, There's a lot of like, <gasps> shout out to at Jen Moniz. We'd be fucking hammered in five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, courtesy of uh, Jen Moniz, if you had to um, drink every time that we said gilf in the last uh, episode, then you'd be blackout drunk within 20 minutes. Truth. Um, so previously on gilf, <laughs> um, uh, I'm Allison Shoemaker. And I'm Julie Starberg. Say hi, Janine. Hi. Uh, that's Janine, a.k.a. Aaron Pagel. Uh, and this is Podlander Drunkcast, an Outlander podcast. We are talking about episode 10 Preston pants, uh, or as we've been saying, pressed, pressed on, on pants. pants. <laughs> it's which would really hurt. It would hurt. That would be really painful if you if your pants were pressed on. Ow. Right, like press on nails. It depends on who's pressing them on. Julie, you made me a solemn oath that you were not going to talk about doing it. Well, this episode. I, did I say doing it? <laughs> By the way, I would like to apologize to all of our listeners. All for six of them. All six of them for, you know, assaulting their earlobes with talk of doing it for like 40 minutes last time. Uh, and sorry, we should guys. we should make this plain. Um, first of all, I mark me. Mark me. <laughs> I have no such apology. I think that we should talk about doing it whenever we fucking please. Hey. hey. I see what you did there. Um, also, uh, this episode uh, it also didn't contain any doing it, and I have zero objections. Nope. No fine. fucks to give. <laughs> oh, no fucks to give about the no fucks. <laughs> oh, God. This is, we've had more puns in five minutes than in every other episode we've had combined. It's true. Uh, oh, under, God. Under three, actually. Oh, so punny. Shit. Okay, we've got to oh, bring it God. down. All right. Um, so this is uh, Pressed on Pants. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, largely based on real historical events, which I actually think the show didn't make super clear. There's one mention where Claire's like, yes, you will win the day. Mm -hmm. um, but it, the, it sort of made it seem like she wasn't totally sure, which I guess you can't be, right? Like, they've already changed history based on her being there. So in theory... It's called the butterfly effect. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, well, it's a actually, movie starring Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Anyway, Patty. <laughs> so we were afraid that maybe she'd already fucked things up, and so was she. Yes. You could see it. But, it, but this really happened, and the, the Scots really did win. Um, and it really was 15 minutes, and um, so it's interesting from that perspective. They really did find, like, a secret hidey hole path. The, the Keanu Reeves really did lead them down a secret hidey hole path. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but it opens with a really, this is like the second episode in a, in a row where I have to be like, Bear McCreary, cheers to you, because I thought that scoring in this episode was just great. But it opened on this really cool moment where it transitioned from the theme song to Bagpipe playing the theme song oh. um, mm -hmm. in the field. And that was our opening shot that you really loved so much. And then also British drums. Yes. It ended with the, it moved from the bagpipes across the battlefield to British drummers. pa rumpa pum pum <laughs> Sorry, bro. Um, uh, and then we cut from that to maggots crawling out of a dude's face. Fucking dead body. It was, God, it Just was so Just there gross. on the road. Just a dead body. My favorite maggot was the one at the very end of that sequence where it was just like the little pink guy that came out of his mouth like the world's tiniest tongue. Just like, right here. <laughs> 
It was really fucking gross. <laughs> so there's a dead Scottish dude in the forest. Obviously, Claire finds him and is like, ugh, this is what the British are doing to the to the Highlanders. I have seen too many men die in war. Right. That. So it's just this dead guy in the middle of possible snow, or is it raining ashes? I think it's snowing. It did look ashy, but yeah, I'm but sure what it was would snow. Be, yeah. Like, how could that happen? Yeah. Right. So I think it was snow. All right. Um. But then she's standing there. She's staring at this dead body. Remember, she's just, like, dealing with her PTSD and stuff, so it makes sense. And then Jamie, who, again, on his list of things he does really well, 99% of the time is an excellent husband, um, defaults to the other 1% and says, how long does it take to take a pish? Pish. Also, my response is, um, at least five minutes have you seen my petticoats. Yeah. Not easy. It's not easy. I, I mean, You've yes. You've got a kilt with nothing on underneath it. I'm you could, like, stand in place and pee. Possibly I'm open to the wind, but I still have to, like, hike this shit up because <laughs> otherwise... <laughs> then you're trailing pee I'm around. I'm dragging piss behind me all day. And that's not hygienic, and Claire is very concerned with hygiene. And maybe for longer than all day, right? Because how often oh, yeah. did they They're actually the change those things? So she's just going to be carrying, like, basically what amounts to toilet paper around on her? Yeah. Used toilet Used paper? Used toilet paper. Oh, the good old days. And, you know, they're just, the, it's not like the uh, the army has a ton of money. They, I mean, they don't even have a pot to piss in. Oh, my God. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I couldn't even get there. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was just outside of five minutes. I was going to say, so have we, have we hit the five-minute point? Okay. No, guys. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> the other thing I wrote down was <laughs> bitches people. <laughs> Bitches be pissing. <laughs> pissing. <laughs> Hashtag pissing. <laughs> bitches be pissing. <laughs> Wasn't this a thing on the campaign trail recently about if you don't know that women use the bathroom? It's like everybody fucking uses the bathroom. I don't know what you're talking about. The thing where, like, Donald Trump said some bullshit about Hillary Clinton needing to use the bathroom, and it's like Bernie Sanders is like, uh, Everybody uses yeah. the bathroom. Donald, are you telling us that you wear adult diapers? Because I would believe that. Absolutely. Depends. Oh! oh God. <laughs> you can go right to hell, Julie Starbird. No, no high fives. No high fives? <laughs> no high fives? <laughs> Nobody can fucking give me a high five. <laughs> Okay, 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 bring it back. Oh, my God. Uh, so Claire is a voiceover, and there's the tiny maggot. <laughs> and there are, well, there are lots of maggots. It's, there were some gratuitous maggots, but those maggots were having a great day. They were living their best life. All right, so there's the flashback to seeing the dead guy on the road, and then they go back to the camp. And then does it go directly to the room with all the war planners? Like, did I think so, because after that is when, when Angus is spitting on... The guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we go into basically the war room, where which is it basically seemed to me like this. It seemed like Prince Charles was having a wonderful meal and a whole bunch of assholes showed up. <laughs> That's and exactly he's just like, way. "Mock me! I have to finish this roast beef sandwich." <laughs> Mark me. Stop talking so I can eat. Yeah, he was just like having. I mean, he was just having his drink. He was just like, "Oh yeah, keep talking, keep talking." Yep. Yep. And then as the scene went on, you realize the quartermaster is an Irishman. Mm-hmm. The general is British? Scottish. Scottish, right. There, of course, Scottish. All, the There's whole no rest British. of the room is basically yes, Scottish. Yes, it's all Scottish and then the Irish dude. And then Bonnie Prince Douchebag, who I'm going to start referring to as B-P-D, <laughs> is standing there in his fucking plaid best brigadoon drag yeah so it's basically like imagine that any of our current presidential candidates started wearing suits that were made to look like the american flag Mm -hmm. it was that it was basically like no guys seriously i love scotland (laughs) it was it was the sartorial equivalent of uh pandering Mm -hmm. yeah so there he is with all these guys in a room and uh, you set up your joke and you didn't finish it. I know I'm watching it and I'm thinking, so an Irishman, an Englishman, BPD, and a Scotsman walk into a bar <laughs> and they try to decide on what to order. What do they get? Nothing because they can't agree on shite. But they all have terrible teeth. And they <laughs> all have really bad teeth. No, that's not true. Those people have wonderful teeth. 
actually that's the most historically inaccurate thing that's true because seriously some of them should have been gap mouth but then you realize also that everybody in the room is like a 50 to 60 year old dude with like no hair and like or lots of hair maybe testosterone issues and then there's jamie (laughs) yeah yeah and he's just standing there like the fuck <laughs> he's just like why i am very clearly the youngest and most virile man in this room probably the one that will have to fight and there's the irishman who's like no seriously guys it's gonna be great let's go running through the bog and everyone else is like you're a fucking idiot and charles is like i don't know i'm just eating this sandwich and then jamie is like no but seriously you're a fucking idiot and that's basically where they leave it mm-hmm. uh, and then one of my very favorite moments of the whole episode they all leave and jamie's just standing outside this room like looking off into the distance thinking about things and all of a sudden Charles just walks up behind him and starts talking and because Sam Hewen's a good actor he just turns around and listens but what would have actually happened is Charles would have walked up and just gone mock me and he would have gone ah! <laughs> oh shit <laughs> that's what should have actually happened the first time he said mark me in this scene and it's awesome when he does because there's this long pause and then he says it I wrote down I almost missed him <laughs> I did. I missed Andrew Gower. Almost. I didn't miss. I didn't miss Prince Charlie. But then the scene was hilarious because you got also, all the guys we, fighting so about what to do. So we watched together, um, and uh, the first time he said "mark me," we both yelled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just yelled. Um, oh, and he also tells everybody that it's important that this battle, whatever they decide to do, be it go through the bog or something else, be won because he has promised God. Yeah, his dad and God. Um. Then, so then he, when he sneaks up on Jamie, and Jamie's like, ah, 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 oh, hi, your highness. Um, he uh, says, hey, it's really important to me that once casualties come in, that the British soldiers get treated first. And Claire is setting up the triage unit or the kind of like hospital uh, in the Scottish fucking camp. So yeah. that means that when all the wounded are coming from the battle, BPD wants the British dudes to get treated first. And because like, they're his father's subjects. And the whole point ugh. is that they're all... Uh, also, that's a real thing. That's a historical precedent. That really happened. But Jamie is like, um, so you shouldn't ever, ever let anyone hear you say that, one. And two, I'm pretty sure my wife will not follow such an order. And then Charles Charles is like, yeah, maybe not from her prince, but probably from her lord, lord master, master, Lord Brock Turok. Oh, and, and, then ja- <laughs> and then Jamie, you can see him in his head go... Uh, dude, have you met my wife? <laughs> There's a you, you, like, really? Do you this this one time I spanked her and it did not end well for me. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I'm pretty sure he doesn't tell her that. No, he just goes. Oh, <laughs> at this moment, <laughs> and then it flashes back to the Scottish camp and it's camping. Basically, everybody's hanging around the fire and they're knitwear <laughs> and their wool. Just chilling and drinking beer. Julie, do you have any idea why I wrote down Myrta knife tasting? Did he taste a knife? No, I don't know. Oh, no, I do know. Ooh. Hold on. So Angus is drinking beer out of his little sheep bladder, whatever the fuck Scotsmen do. (laughs) And he'll take a sip, and then he looks over at the pig farmers who have volunteered their lives. One of them's named Ross, and I don't remember the name of the other one. Both those guys did a great job this mm, episode, though. I might have written it down. We might find it later. The actor's name is Scott Scott and Fergus, or Kincaid. I see t- two single names. It's mm-hmm. a, well, it's not Fergus because Fergus is the oh, little yeah, French right. dude. He's a little good. Yeah, yeah. Kincaid, yeah. Uh, maybe Kincaid. Anyway, maybe. but Ross. Is so Angus looks over at the pig farmer with beer in his mouth and his big bushy black beard and just <laughs> spits it all over him. And the guy just takes it like, all right. I'm not going to get in a fight with you. So it's very clear that they're sitting there waiting for orders while all these douchebags are fighting in the room about whether or not they're going to go through the bog. <coughs> and, and tempers are high, as they say. Tempers are high. Everybody's a little bit, what is it that I say about basketball games? Chippy. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> feeling a little chippy. And uh, finally, it comes to a head. One of them kicks Gilf, and he's like, shut up, I can't take a nap. Yeah, and I... <laughs> And I wrote, did you kick me, bitch? (laughs) And then, uh, oh, oh, I had the word touchy, too. That's a good word. And also, before I finish this, where can I get one of these enormous berets? Oh, yeah, the slanty berets. They're, like, all the way down to their shoulders. They're, like, there's just enough room for a bullet to go through them. (laughs) We'll get there. Um, So, uh, so what's the Myrta knife tasting thing? It was 
<laughs> I will shove that knife so far up your, your butt, butt you'll, you'll taste, taste it. it. Right. Oh, God. Duncan LaCroix had a great episode. Not, uh, well, he always news does. Newsflash. We really like the pample moose. Hashtag pample moose. Um, uh, remember all that stuff I said about how actually Jenny Murray was my favorite character? I take it all back. It is still pample moose. Um, it is definitely still the pample moose. So, so he says, if you don't stop being a jackass. I'm, to Angus. Uh, to Angus. I'm going to shove this knife so far up your butt. You'll taste it. Uh, that's why I wrote knife tasting. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also, I, I wrote Old Timey War was so subtle. Why, why did I write that? I don't know. But the, the the big fact of the matter is what all the white dudes, well, they're all white dudes, I guess. What all the old dudes were fighting about in the room that affects these dudes is whether or not they can cross this bog that yeah. is between the Scottish Army so and the British Army. So they're basically, the it looks Army. like they're just not all that far away from each other, but really it par- in the middle of this area that divides them is essentially like a wetland. It's basically. There's a, there's a sick burn in there somewhere where Jamie is like, I thought an Irishman would know all about the dangers of getting stuck in a bog. <laughs> it's just great. It's just great. I don't know what that burn means exactly, <laughs> but, but it was great. Uh, so Jamie comes out of the meeting with all the dudes in power and is like all right assholes we have to figure out this bog situation oh Dougal 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 you should do this you should take a horse down there and figure out how far we could get into this bog oh no because what he does though Julie is he goes so Dougal let me talk to you a minute yeah a a minute (laughs) this way I think I think what I'm gonna do uh me Jamie Fraser is take my horse and go and check and see if we can get through that bog. What do you think? And Duke was like, bitch, no, I'm going to do it. And Jamie's like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because I was like, I think Jamie wanted him to do yeah, that. Oh, totally. Jamie was like, yes, excellent. <laughs> Here's something I don't have to give my body up for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I got to get laid with this thing. Not in this episode, but. So, Dougal's like, sweet fucking A. How long? 100 yards? 120 yards? 120 yards. Let's say, let's say, say, is 125? It could be 105. Oh, it should be 125. Um, Let's say it's around 120. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was actually a really funny scene. So, he gets on his horse, and it's, it's still daylight outside, so the British Army can see this happen. He gets on his horse. Oh, and that's the reason for the yardage, just so that uh, that's where their musket balls can't get past or whatever. Right, right. So he gets on his horse <coughs> and starts riding down the hilltop towards the bog with his arms out like Gus Frame and Breaking Bad. Like, yeah, come at me, bro. Just straight up. Just start shooting at me. Yeah. Or like Creed in the video for With Arms Wide Open. With Arms Wide Open. Like all Scott's dad. Anyway, he comes down the hill. He's on the horse. Everything seems to be great. The British dudes start waking up like, oh, what? They're like, what? What? what, 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 what is what, there? Is there? And then all, then all the um, uh, Scots line up to watch. Yeah, and like, <laughs> BPT shows up. Mm. And he walks up to the front. He's like, what a brave, noble gentleman. I, man, I, wrote it, I don't think I wrote it down. Um, but he's like, oh, this, this man, mock me. This man. <laughs> Wait, excuse me. Hold excuse on just me, a second. That's three drinks. Mm. 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 That's one. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I had three at once. I'm a pro at this. That's two. Mm. Uh, So he goes down the hillside into the bog. The British wake up and start shooting at him. So you start to see the little pot marks of the bullets hitting closer and closer to him. And he takes the bog, he takes the horse into the bog. It's going okay for a while. Which you think is okay. And you're like, oh, he's totally going to make it across. And then he is not going to make it across. And then it goes full fucking Artex. Artex! Stupid horse! Artex! You can do it! <laughs> You're letting the Swamp of Zagnus get you. You have to fight. You have to kill. Artex! Oh, yeah. And then the horse. Yeah. Right. And then the horse is like, f- but this horse is smarter than Artex because this horse is like, bip it. Oh, no. Fuck this. No way. No way. You're going to get me out of here. And back's No. Nah, man, nah. That was so for Neil. Dougal jumps off the horse. It, the bullets are literally landing like two feet in front of the horse. You at can this see point. the little You're like pew, 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 pew. It was either that or there are some very big tadpoles. And Dougal jumps off the horse to like lead him out of the bog of eternal sorrow. And wait, is that a different story? No. <laughs> Not sure. Um, and then he turns around and a bullet goes right through his enormous beret. Oh, and it flies right off his head. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
those enormous berets aren't bulletproof? Yeah, I thought we specifically asked for those berets to be Kevlar. What ifs? So he turns, he looks and he laughs. <laughs> and then he leaves with the horse. He goes oh, back no, up the hill. Oh, no, but you're skipping. He t- he's like, I wonder if this got me. Oh, yeah, my beautiful bald head has a, has a big scratch. Scra- like a scratch on it with the bullet. Gordon. Yeah. And then he's like, ha ha, looking at the British guys, flipping them off, and then they leave. And while this is happening, Angus is up there. The prince is like, this young man is the strength of a hundred, blah, 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 blah. And Angus is like, yeah, that's our friend. Sweet. Who are you? And then, and then BPD is like, I'm your prince. And then he holds out his hand, and Angus is like, Angus is like, oh, oh my God, I'm at the prince. Oh, holy shit, I'm at the prince. And you can tell the prince is like that impressed. There's a yeah. there's an underlying theme here, which is that the prince just kind of hates all the Scots who aren't Jamie Fraser. It's true. Um, which is maybe not the right idea. Okay, so. Uh, so then he comes back, back. And everybody congratulates. The prince gives him. I was actually very charmed by this moment. Um, like a massive weird hug. Oh yeah, BPD grabs Dougal, and it's really weird. It's like I thought to myself, if BPD was a word, he would be moist. <laughs> and he just. Did you just snort? I snorted so hard it hurt me. <laughs> He, Janine. he puts his moist chest on Dougal and is like, if I had a hundred men like you, we would have already won this war. And you can t- but you can tell it means a lot to Dougal and Jamie's all like, see, I knew this yeah, would work great. out. That's and it's great. nice. And then they have And a- then I thought to myself, if I had a hundred men like that, I'd, I'd have a hell of a fantasy life. <laughs> I'd never leave the bedroom. Yeah, I'm just saying. I would I would have, have annihilated a hundred men with my thighs. Yeah. <laughs> I would just need more delivery. <laughs> Um, so then there's this charming little moment. I, well, a thing I appreciate about this episode is Graham McTavish really got to show his range. You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of really dark stuff, and um, it was very upsetting. And he had some very big moments. We're coming up on some dark stuff. Like, really, but yeah. that when he was talking about how the hero of the day had to go because he shattered <laughs> Shut his, his brakes. He's like, well, I gotta. The hero's gotta go now because I shat my fucking pants. <laughs> And I, I have two points to raise about this. One, great comic timing. It was a great line. It was very, good. very funny. Oh, no, we'll make it three points. Two, um, he was on horseback. That's disgusting. Oh. And, three, and three. What pants? Yeah, what pants? I mean, I guess that means that Dougal is one of the Scotsmen who wears something under his kilt. A never nude. There are dozens of us. <laughs> but I, uh, I just don't see it, man. I don't see it. No, I, I can't see it. All I can see is Graham McTavish swinging at yeah, me. Yeah, D- Dougal strikes me as a um, commando. Yeah, as a, a literal, a free falling kind of guy. Actual commando. Oh, free yes, yeah. free balling. Um, All right. Okay. Uh, so then we then we it's like oh maybe we should finally fucking check in with Claire once this episode so she's there she's teaching the ladies she's trying to put together the war hospital yeah like you have to give them honey water and the lady's like that's stupid and Claire's like no it's not I'm from the future asshole <laughs> um, and Fergus is there and she's like and Fergus is gonna keep all the flares running and he goes women's work like real quiet it is women's work and Claire's like uh what'd you say nothing madame Mm. so Fergus is a fucking sexist well also Fergus is being an annoying kid in the scene he's like walking around going like touching all these things while she's trying to tell all these women about what's gonna happen when all these injured men start showing up Fergus has no okay here's the bag with Fergus it's sad to watch his progression in this episode because he actually has no idea what is about to happen. Yeah. And he really feels like he's ready to be an adult man and, like, move forward and go to battle, but he really has no yeah. idea. That little kid, little French little actor who is 14, mm-hmm. um, uh, Roman Burra, uh, I think that's his name. Roman Guys, it's uh, the French. It just is a gift that keeps on giving. Anyway, he does a great job this episode. Funny shit, sad shit. He's great. Um, uh, and so they're getting the hospital ready. This, that, whatever. They all. Um, uh, Claire obviously has one favorite woman who is obviously very capable. Mm-hmm. The younger woman. She's like, you're strong. 
all right, here's what you're going to have yeah. to do. Yeah. Everybody else, just follow my lead. You, yeah. I'm going to need I you. I got you, girl. Yeah. So they're getting the hospital all ready and shit. And then um, the Keanu dudes, Reeves shows up. The dudes are in a room, and that was Neil, actually. Neil was the Keanu Reeves. That's yeah. Neil's quote. Yeah. So all the dudes are in a room looking over maps like, how are we going to get around this bog? And then fucking Johnny Mnemonic shows up. <laughs> he, but he doesn't. He shows up to Fergus runs in. Madame, Madame, I think that women are less all of the species. Also, I have a man here. Uh, he says that he must speak to the commander immediately. Um, and so she, because it's Claire, she's like, great, he can talk to me. <laughs> yeah, great, whatever. So this Keanu Reeves looking dude comes in. And by that I mean he's very good looking. Straight up does look like Keanu He looks like Keanu. He looks like a cool Young breeze. Keanu. Cool breeze. Yeah, totally. Uh, he walks in and uh, is saying that he knows a super duper sneaky path because it's his dad's land. Which, first of all, his poor dad. There's just a straight up war in his backyard. Mm. Whoops. So, um... <laughs> He's like, no, I so I can't fight because I'll shit my pants. And then Dugo's like, dude, that's not a problem. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you can always take a bath, asshole. Get yes, out there with a the gun. Fine. Come on, anyway, he's just like, get a pitch I know I can get him there. Um, and he uh, it tells him that like where the path is, and he has to talk to somebody and whatever. And Claire's like, all right, Mr. Anderson. And Neil goes, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> and it's so hard because his name really was Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Oh my god. It was great. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Anderson. Anderson. I love Hugo Weaving. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so they bring him to the camp and they're like, Can you show us where on the map? And he's like, Nah, nah, I don't know about no maps. I don't know what you're talking about, but there's a super, super duper secret path and I can take you there. Can you do it in the dark? Yes, sir. But wait. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Uh, it was fun watching this again as a book reader with two people who haven't read the books because both of them were like, uh, no, no, no. Maybe you should make sure that that guy isn't fucking with you. May, may, guys, no, come back, come back. No, seriously, guys, come back, come back. And I was like, no, it's okay. It's just, it really is just a path. But also, like, there's 2,000 dudes, and they're going to go single file down this path, whatever. Seems like a bad plan, but we'll get to that in a minute. Because they're making this decision, and then everybody finds out they have to march, and then we have all the great bromance moments. Yeah, and before we get to the bromance moments, mark me. We should probably take a quick break. Hold on. Oh, Oh, wait, that's two. Hold on. Yeah, I need one more. All right, so today, actually, we did luck out a little bit. I mean, we still paid for our own beer. We still paid for it. We still paid for our own beer. But it needs to be, mark me. Mark us. (laughs) Aaron, you don't have to do it You don't have to this time. You don't have to this time. I'm not BPD. So... Empirical Brewing. If you're in Chicago, this place is amazing. If you haven't been to their tap room, it's great. It's on Foster and Ravenswood, mm-hmm. right? It's right down the street from where we record. So today we went a little bit early to go check them out and had, I got like a tasting paddle and then we had each a couple of pints and then we got a growler of their rye cream ale which, which is, is delicious. And it's part of their experimental batch right now and once they run out, it's gone. So everybody should go get it. It's like 5.4 ABV. It's really refreshing. It is, as Julie said two beers ago, inherently sessionable. It is inherently (laughs) sessionable. (laughs) Like, I've already had five of them, and I can still speak like a normal human. (laughs) But it's delicious. And you hear rye cream ale, and you think it's going to be a stout, right? No. But it's not. No, it is creamy, though. Like, it is, like, the actual taste of it, it has, like, a smooth kind of silky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just really good. Like, refreshing, summery. It's great. Uh, we, I also had a wonderful Saison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all had... Uh, Julie, what the was Gamma called? Ray Ginger Weed. That shit was delicious. So, you guys, Empirical, the science of beer. <laughs> Check them out. I'm sure you can find them on Facebook. I'm an old. I don't understand how this works. <laughs> but what I can say is this. Their beer is amazing. The people are friendly. And I got into a conversation with a person who worked behind the bar who had listened to the Outlander books on tape with her husband. And it was very charming. <laughs> and, and maybe what did her husband say? And her husband say? said, "You." well, she gave up because she couldn't the prim British voice was too much for her, but her husband kept going, and her husband was like, no, no, no. 
you need to listen to these. They're extra dirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Davina Porter does the audiobooks, and she's awesome. <laughs> They're extra dirty. You should really listen to this. <laughs> so anyway, Empirical Brewery. Hopefully one day we'll be in a um, relationship. But anyway, thank That's you for a ho- delicious beer today. We, we hope that, that they like us. But we like them. So We do like them a lot. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's that's who we're drinking today. Empirical Brewery, rye cream ale. Mm. Well, you heard at the beginning, it didn't sound like a Miller Lite opening, right? No, because it was a growler. No, not. I mean, that is a, a fine Pilsner beer. It's a fine Pilsner beer. <laughs> but this is good. To this delicious beer, yeah, mm-hmm. Janine. Great. Okay, so going back. So there's this great um, uh, plot thing, uh, the, a structural thing. Plot thing. <laughs> a plot that they do um there and it's two characters that to my recollection are in the book if they are they're not major characters and then uh angus and rupert um and they sort of set up these twin and come on i'll look it up keep talking um maybe it's it's kincaid Kincaid. it might be ross everybody else has a second name it's probably kincaid anyway um so they set up this whole like rivalry, the farmers versus the Mackenzie warriors, um, and Angus, you know, spits on one of them. Um, but they both have a conversation where it's like, "Hey, if I die, you get my stuff, and you'll take care of my wife, right?" And the other guy's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll do that." And also, I hid all my money outside the pig trough or something. And then he says something shitty about his wife too, though he's like the harpy. Or I wouldn't wish that on anyone. It's not awesome. Although I think that was because of the six kids, because he had six kids. Right. I mean, and I also... But doesn't he call his own wife the harpy or something like that? Maybe. Maybe. The she-hag? Yeah. Maybe it's she-hag. I don't think it's she-hag. I do think it might have been she-hag. Beesum? They're always calling people beesums. (sighs) Anyway. uh, So so Angus overhears this, and he tries to draw Rupert into a conversation where he's like, hey, no, so you get my sword... Because that's all I have. And you get my other stuff. And then and Rupert's maybe you like, get my fuck whore. you. I'm not going to. Oh, yeah. And you get my whore. And he, No, you get my woman. And he says, she's a whore. And he goes, only part-time. Part-time whore, part-time part-maid. Isn't that the truth? Hashtag real. <laughs> <laughs> what? Speaking to somebody who worked as a barmaid, you feel like a hashtag whore. <laughs> it reminds me. I forgot to show you one of my boobs today. <laughs> Not even a whore. I'm doing it for free. Um, well, that would make me the whore. Well, but I'm doing this for free. Like, I get no payment. Okay. That's fine. Anyway, um, so, but, uh, Rupert, but Rupert is like, no. He first doesn't of all, like you're going to draw the devil's eye on us. And right. second, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to be sad about this. And this continues throughout with him. He doesn't want to say goodbye to Claire. He's just like, no, it's not. I'm not going to pretend like we're all going to die. Nope. Not doing that. Uh, and it's very affecting. For two guys that have been almost exclusively comic relief through both mm-hmm. seasons, I thought they both did a fucking great job. What are their names? It's Steven something? Uh, the two, those two. Uh, Angus Rupert and Rupert. And Angus, yeah. Uh, Angus and Rupert? Yeah. Uh, Steven Walters is Angus. And yeah. And Grant O'Rourke. Oh, Grant O'Rourke? O'Rourke, sure. Is it O'Rourke? Uh, I don't know. Something. O- yeah. Um, anyway, they both fucking killed it. They did they a did great, great job. Yeah. It was very affecting. Um, so they're all, they know, like, that they're on the eve of battle, and they all, they go in to tell, um, oh, they also talk, we can sort of speed through this, but they all talk Charlie into going forward with the sneak down the secret path plan mm-hmm. um despite the fact that the irish quartermaster's not there probably because he's following uh, rainbow to the end <laughs> well he knows where the treasure he's, is he's after his lucky charms <laughs> <laughs> it, there was a river he had to dance oh you died <laughs> Oh, ah! You were doing so good. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Lord. Get it? Lord of the dance. Oh. Oh, oh that joke fell really Michael flatly. You too. You too. Well, I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you both off. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Get it together. <laughs> Apparently, it together. this beer makes us really punny. Rye cream ale is a punny beer. All six listeners can tell us if it's funny or not. 
funny or punny you decide. What did you Both? decide? One or oh, the other. You guys are so Choose great. us. Oh, Choose it's like <laughs> it's like at the end of a rap battles of history video. Julia Child. <laughs> Right. Anyway, um, so Jamie the, comes out to talk oh to them at the God. campfire after all this has happened, and I think that this was the third time this happened in this episode. Where you see the knee? Where he puts his knee up on something, and I'm like, Jamie really likes to Captain Morgan, you guys. Well, also, I mean, if you had a knee like that, wouldn't you show it off? I'd be sh- Well, he needs to show more. Uh, Julie, you <laughs> promised me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't specifically say anything. Dude, about you know what? That, that's what following him on Instagram is for. I'm just yeah. saying he does like to flash a knee, Captain Morgan style. It's a you know, it's a nice knee. Anyway, then he has a little heart to heart with Murtaugh, and that's great. Oh my God, Murtaugh has an amazing monologue about what it is like to fight. I I wrote Murtaugh. Yeah, a Murtaugh. <laughs> Oh, and also there was a lot of spitting in hands, and then Angus licked his hand when Rupert wouldn't shake his hand. There was yeah. a great little moment. Uh, anyway. anyway, it's very manly. I hope that was improvised, because it was very funny. Anyway. But Murtaugh has an amazing moment where he just has this, he unloads in this incredible monologue. And it, it, seriously, Duncan Lacroix, if you're not a trained actor, I either hate you more or love you more. <laughs> oh, he's got to be. Because he's, he to me feels maybe with the exception of Katrina Balboof. Oh, and Tobias Monzazas. He feels the most like locked in and most honest at all times. He's really fucking good. And I know that, I know that Sam Huhan has had his moments, but it's, it's, there's a line drawn in the sand. (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, I think that most of the people in the cast have had their moments. I mean, Frankly, everybody in this episode mm-hmm. had one. Grand McTavish is great. I found out Grand McTavish is on Preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Duncan McCoy is actually doesn't have a very long. Time. Oh, I know. It's he had. Oh like, no, we looked that up. That's why uh, I was like, was is like, he a trained actor or not? Like he's like everything before uh, 2014 is basically just him being soldier, soldier, right? Artek, blah blah blah. So, I bet maybe he was a theater guy. I don't know, but anyway, he's really fucking good. His bio doesn't have shit though on it, and he has a picture though, which to me, when I look at in IMDb, means someone's paying something so mm-hmm. even with this though he doesn't have anything on it so i don't know like, maybe that's part of it though is that he didn't maybe he just got cast in this role because of the way that he looked or the way that he spoke no and way just, it's too oh, important man, he's a part. too fucking good the he's whole really cast good. is good if they wanted if they just wanted somebody who looks super scottish they could have cast any of the other great actors in that part because they've also increased the size of Murch's role from the books. I mean, he's a hugely important character in the books too. Don't get me wrong. Um, especially all the stuff about him being in love with Jamie's mom. And then, and then, so he transfers that love to Jamie, obviously in a completely different way. That's all right from the books. And it's, um, they do a really great job of it, but a lot of, especially in Paris, this like squad goals thing that the three of them have together does not exist in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, Murtaugh is there for Jamie. He is not there for Claire. This mm-hmm. Murtaugh-Claire bond is maybe my favorite adaptation choice because mm-hmm. it's just, it. I don't know. I te- that was one of the points where I teared up in this episode when Murtaugh and Claire say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, but, God, he's really good. Important question, all six of you. All six of our listeners. Um, would you buy a T-shirt that had Duncan LaCroix's face, a top a can of pamplemousse lacroix with arms and legs added that said i heart pamplemousse underneath it you got to let me know if you would buy that <laughs> or really any or suggest a t-shirt any i heart pamplemousse t-shirt it could also just say i heart pamplemousse but i really just want his face on it speaking of suggestions we haven't called the people out yet mm. End of the episode. We'll okay, do okay. The episode. So hold up. We'll back up. Yeah. So we're about to go into battle. It's the night before the battle. Pamplemousse has an amazing monologue about what it means, like, if you die, how you're going to die. He really does, like, have a Saint, almost a St. Crispin's Day thing, but then we get another St. Crispin's It's like fall St. Crispin's like Day. He's basically saying, if, if we're raiding 
and it's just the clan, then my death means something to the clan. Right. But in a war, if there's 2,000 of us, my death means nothing. nothing. There has to be 500 of us that die before any death means anything. Mm-hmm. And that speech sort of hangs over the whole episode from that point on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so nice to see Myrta and Jamie have a conversation that isn't about the mechanics of something they're planning to do. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it was really great. It was one of my favorite moments of the episode. Maybe one of my favorite moments of the season so far. I just thought it was really affecting. And then we flash to the next. We oh, flash and then he spit night. on his sword. I don't know why there was the spitting motif. Cause there was the, a lot they, of spitting. There was it's spitting very handshakes, right? There was a spit handshake, and then there was an aborted spit handshake where, where uh, uh, Angus licked his hand. And then after his little chat with Jamie, Murta spit on his sword. I don't know. It was smart. Anyway, so then they go for like the they they go they they say goodbye. Claire and Jamie have like a super hot kiss, and Fergus is like, Miller, I would like to go to battle with you. I'm here to interrupt your kiss because I know it will make Julie talk about how there is not enough sex on the show on the and podcast. And they don't kiss, and I'm mad. No, they do kiss. You could see there's tongue. You can see that there's tongue. But it, but it, he interrupted the moment, so it's like that weird like hitch in your giddy up. I want to go to war with you, monsieur. Whatevs. So they leave that night. They march through the woods on their tiny thing. And my husband was like, wait a minute. I'm sorry. 2,000 men? Single file? Bonnie Prince douchebag? Yep. <laughs> because he was with them. But to his credit, and this I actually don't think is historical. I think this is them making him slightly more sympathetic. He wants to charge in with them there as men. And Jamie is like, listen. You, the, our, this whole thing will not survive if without you, and uh, and a victory will mean nothing to your father if you're not there to celebrate and with him. And then he says, I'm not sure my father is all that fond of me. Truer words, never spoken, <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> it was great. It was so funny. It was just it a was really like, great moment oh, of wait, levity. A very rare moment of self-awareness from douchebag. And it was a, it was also just beautiful. They're in the dark, and there's all this mist, and they've all got their kilts over their shoulders, hiding their shirts. The whole thing was... That whole battle sequence was fucking terrifying. So they broached through the forest right at dawn. It's very heavily misted, like Scotland is, I guess. And then all of a sudden, all the Scotsmen... You all hear that dog? I hear that dog. I thought that was a bird. <laughs> no, man, that's a dog. Bouton, 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 bouton. The Scots, the Scots all rush out of the forest in their kilts, like in this mist. So, like, there's even a sleeping British dude on guard, like a sleeping redcoat. They had no idea. And so all these Scotsmen come running out of the mist and just with their swords just lay waste to the British camp. And it's rough. There's it's a lot very of blood. Brutal. It's very visceral because it's hand to hand. They didn't have enough chance to like get their cannons going really right away. That comes up later, but they were taken by surprise. The British were taken by surprise. And that's true. Over in 15 minutes, um, there were very few Scottish casualties and a great deal of British casualties. And then the British ran, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Johnny Cope, General Cope, um, uh was all like, no, guys, no, no, seriously, no, no, okay, and then just followed them. Right. So it's very clear that the Scots took the day based on the value of surprise. Oh, and important, of course, Fergus fucking snuck in line. Yeah, he did. This little, and his little perfect, cute little French little actor who was 14 with his perfect little face. Just there holding like a like a butcher knife. You know, uh, just a little, little I am here to kill the British soldiers. And then you have this like weird slow-mo sequence of the battle, obviously. It was just all the blood and mm. it's very visceral and disgusting. I think it's one of the best battle scenes I've ever seen on TV. And then you see Fergus all of a sudden realizing the import of what is happening around him. And he's being shoved aside by all these full grown men who obviously aren't gonna kill this tiny kid with a knife and so he keeps getting pushed aside and pushed aside but he's like his eyes are wide open and he's seeing all these people being gutted alive and like throats cut it's he's got blood in his perfect hair he's got blood all over his face and it's just horrible it's really awful um so they win, right? Uh, and you see, it, it happens, a, you see bits and pieces out of sequence. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, Rupert gets just slashed wide open by from, a dude. From like his hip to like, it's like mid a huge, very abdomen. serious cut. 
right? And then he's about to get... Angus carries him back. He fucking fireman carries him back all the way. Right. But you see not all that long after this, you see an additional flashback where you see that after he got slashed, he's about to get his head chopped off, basically, by a British cavalry. And Angus fires and hits the guy... And Rupert turns around, they have this moment where they nod at each other, and then a cannon blast basically hits Angus in the back. Um, Which you don't, like, it's so glossed over that you don't even really fine. think about it. Right. Because then he's fine. I want to remind fine. everybody that Gatsby heard was Janine. Janine has not ever seen a single episode <sighs> of this show. So it's a testament to Outlander that he is this emotionally engaged in something he's never actually seen. It's because of you guys sell it to me. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, oh it's very upsetting. So then, so we see Angus Fireman carry Rupert, uh, giant Rupert, all the way back to Claire. Angus, tiny Angus. Tiny Angus, yeah. Fucking Fireman carry fat-ass Rupert, who he's done nothing but make fun of how fat he is for two years. Fireman carry him all the way yeah. back while to triage. Uh, the other friends, Ross and Kincaid, um, also ca- one carries the other back. Um, the d- one carries the dead one back. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. He's a dead There's already. nothing he can do. And Claire's like, well, nope, that guy's dead. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. Um, so it's a, like a pretty clever fake out because you think, oh, well, Rupert's going to die. This is going to be awful. And that's the, the shot from the credits now where you see Claire stitching somebody up. Right, obviously right. In, from the, this episode. in the theme song where you see the bloody stitching, that's her with Rupert. Yep. And um, uh, Rupert refuses to leave his side and and says, no, he's fine. And Claire says, okay, just don't go to sleep. And th- so then I was like, oh, my God, he has a concussion. He's going to die in his sleep. Nope. Nope. It was so awful. He got hit in the back with a cannonball. That comes up later, though. Well, that comes up later, though, because we have to go through the Dougal cleanup shit oh, before yeah. that happens. Okay, but wait, Fergus comes back and he's like his eyes are walleye and he is lost. And Claire like runs up and is hugging him and he talks about how he killed someone, but based on what we saw in what he was doing, I'm not sure that he did. He does in the book. Okay. It you just seems see it, like but he it seems like he was so shell shocked by the reality of what actual battle was that he was ineffectual because he's a child. But anyway, he loses his shit. Oh yeah, he's Fergus. Ha- Fergus has had a rough year. Yeah, this is a bad. I year I mean, for like Fergus. on the good side, he got adopted by people and no longer has to live in a whorehouse. On the bad side, he got raped. raped. And then killed a dude, Andor got so scar- scarred by war that he thought he killed a dude. Ugh, whichever it is. Um, that, and that kid fucking killed that scene. He did so good. So he, then we he go. And Catriona did a great job. So they go back to the um, battle scene where the British have been laid waste to, and then we see Gil. It's just like in Les Mis when, because um, mm. <laughs> we can't go through an episode without a musical reference. Happy Tony's Day, everyone. Um, <laughs> where uh, Tenardier is going robbing the corpses. It's the world where the dog eats the dog. That's a yeah. deep cut Les Mis track for you guys. <laughs> um, I'm the kill for that something in the streets. It's all world for that. Anyway, Dougal is, um, is just killing all the people who are still alive. Which most of them, so most of them are probably just dying. So you could consider it kind of merciful. But then I thought this was so smart. Again, not in the books. He recognizes a guy from season one, from when Claire was traveling with uh, the Mackenzies to get the taxes and shit. Um, And there are two separate occasions where this guy shows up, where Claire is having an argument with somebody and is being kind of like manhandled. And... Lieutenant Jeremy Foster, who's there and is just like, do you need assistance? Do you need assistance? Do you need assistance? And finally, he shows up with a whole battalion of dudes. They're like, no, seriously, do you need assistance, ma'am? And she's like, no, um, I don't, but um, uh, hi. And then he, that's how she ends up in the uh, British fort where she gets punched in the tum-tum by Blackjack. but he's like an honorable guy, and he knows Dougal, and he treated Dougal with respect. So Dougal sits down next to him. They're having a chat. And Jeremy uh, Foster. Jeremy is obviously very wounded. Yeah, like he he's says, not I would able-bodied. appreciate it if you would assist me back to your triage. And um, 
Douglas like, oh, you want me to carry you? Mama, mama, mama. I shat my pants today. I'm not doing this. And then Jeremy says, you will never defeat the British But it sounds earnest, right? It doesn't seem dickish. He's saying like, listen, you have a great victory here, but you cannot beat the British Army. There's no way you can do this. And Dougal's like, America! Fuck yeah! (laughs) And just... Tabs the shit out of it. And then literally twists the knife. He does twist the knife. He literally twists So, Dilf? Psychopath? Gilf. Gilf. Uh, I mean, I guess Delph too. A, a, a Gilf is Dilf. by nature a Delph. He's a double Delph. He's a da Delph. <laughs> da Delph. Anyway, psychopath. Uh, Probable. He's got a real issue, regardless. Um, and right. so he kills Jeremy, and then we flash back it's to the awful, triage. And thing. you know what? Cheers it's to that rough. actor for doing basically two episodes of work, like a year and a half apart. And having not all that many scenes and killing all of them. Whoever yeah. that guy is. Do you see Jeremy Foster on that list, Janine? I do, actually. I thought this was Keanu Reeves for a second. But it's Tom Brittany. Hey, Tom, Tom Brittany. Brittany. You did Good a great job, job buddy. bro. That was great. Good job, bro. Anyway, um, so then we, we jump back to the hospital and... There's British dudes and Scottish dudes, right? Because BPD already told us that they have to treat the British dudes. And then what is it that makes... Oh. Claire is afraid well, that Jamie, Jamie... So Jamie got stepped on by a horse. Yeah, she's afraid that he has kidney damage. We'll add this to the list of things Jamie's not good at. He is not good at avoiding being stepped on by horses. He's a weak seaman. <laughs> <laughs> he can't sing. His, his knockout list is so small. And, and he's not good at avoiding being stepped on by horses. Oh, and he's really not good at not fighting Jack Randall and or not cutting his dick off. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's the list, really, as it stands. So Claire's afraid. And she's not good at saying the word piss. (laughs) Pish. She sees the horse trample on his fucking shirt, and she's like, okay, go pee into this glass jar to make sure that there's no blood in your urine that your kidneys haven't been fucked with. And he's like, fine. And then he takes it away, and does he offer it to somebody else? Yeah, he hands it to a British officer, and is like... Will you hold this for me while I take aim? And he says, sixpence says you can't get it in from here, mate. And then there's like, first of all, it's a literal pissing a contest. A literal pissing contest. But it's really Dudes. funny. It's just like these these people who are not all that different are just having a laugh about whether or not he can pee into a cup from a certain distance. You guys. Guys, right? really And then though. right when that's happening, BPD walks in. And oh, everyone turns around and is like, curtsy, bow. And Jamie's like, oh, no, but I'm peeing right now. I can't stop it. I can't interrupt the flow. I can't interrupt the flow. And it was like damp chill. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Moist. <laughs> Moist enters the room. Um, so as this is happening, he's walking around talking about the British soldiers and how they're all brothers and blah, blah, blah. And Dougal runs in and is like. Like DMX. What? <laughs> Why are there British dudes in here? And then he just tries to straight up murder one of them. (laughs) And the prince is like, Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. It's like that. Um, And then the prince grabs him by the face. He does so much face touching. He touches everybody's face. He touches Jamie's face like six times in this episode. Mark me. Mark me. Don't touch my face. face. I don't. I do not have three drinks worth left. No, I only have like one drink left. Fucking mark me. Mark me. Um, so basically, then Jamie is like, "I what? What do we? What do we do with this man who mark me will not? Be, I will never have him be a part of my army." And Jamie's like, "I know. Let's promote him. Let's to a captain. Let's make him a captain of a commando unit. And they go and they harass the lines and shit behind the cover of dark. And, and then you shit. never have to see him again. Like and guerrilla like, warfare. James, you have a fine mind and a beautiful ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiss. And then, uh, no, Jamie's got better taste than that. Uh, and then Dougal's like, hey, thanks for sticking up for me, but I know what you're doing. You're just trying to get rid of me. And Jamie is like, <laughs> And then BPD has the best line of all season, which is, see that he does not come to regret my benevolence. Yep. Also, at one point, he calls, uh, he calls Dougal a rogue. And I would just like to say that having now played D&D for a year and a half like one of those bandwagon assholes <laughs> <laughs> that Dougal is definitely not a rogue he is a fighter yep he's a fighter 
He, you could maybe make a case that he's something else, but he's a he could be a paladin. He could be a maybe paladin a barbarian. If, if his belief is Scotland. Sure. Well, mm-hmm. because the British thought that the barbarian Highlanders were barbarians, so yeah. that works too. But he's definitely not a rogue. The only rogue in Outlander is Fergus. Fergus is a rogue <laughs> because it could be Claire, except for Claire is a terrible liar. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, um, and uh, Master Raymond is a wizard. Just to offer a secondary definition of rogue, uh, though now I feel bad about this. Well, started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> an elephant or other large wild animal driven away or living apart from the herd ha- and having a savage or destructive tendencies. Oh! All right, you know what? Okay. All right, I'm going to give you that one, BPD. <laughs> yep. Just not in D&D, BPD. <laughs> D&D, nah, nah. BPD, so, yay. So then basically the shit hits the fan. So we already know that the one friendy is dead, right? The pig farmer. And then and uh, Angus, we Angus, has Rupert, just been sitting there watching Rupert breathe. Because Claire was like, you have to make sure he stays awake, sit here by him. And Angus is like, no problem. And because Angus doesn't look like he has any wounds on the outside but angus is the one who has to stay awake because of the concussion right 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 but angus is the one that looks okay yes but it's not okay and then all of a sudden he just starts coughing up blood and then claire yanks up his shirt which is a thing he's been dreaming about since season one Mm -hmm. and he's got a big cannonball mark and he's just been bleeding internally since he got hit with a cannonball and then he just dies he coughs up blood staring into her eyes while she holds him like she has held so many other soldiers it's just in awful. World War II, and she just knows how to do it, and it's very clear that she is obviously upset, but obviously calm, and he just dies. And he just dies. It's so awful. And then Rupert gets up with this big fucking gaping wound and he's stumbles just been, over. He's just been sewed shut. And picks up Angus's I'm tearing up talking about it and picks up his sword which is what Angus said he could have because that was all Angus had and then he just walks back and curls up with it in his fucking bed oh my <laughs> god oh it really got me it was rough it was really rough uh and then a little, little bit later he and the other friend have, they're uh, having at that night they're carousing by the fire because they won the battle and then all of a sudden the alive pig farmer and alive Rupert Come out drunk as fuck and together. singing this song. Singing about their friends. And it was just, the, I, I don't remember, do you remember who said war tastes bitter no matter the outcome? It must have been Jamie. That sounds like a Jamie thing. Mm-hmm. Um, around that time, right? And um, Stephen, what's his face? What was his last name? Angus? Uh, his Stephen Walters. Stephen Walters just fucking annihilated it. So it was a drinking song about your friends. Yeah. Um, and about being drunk and dying. And then this last shot, uh, everyone cheers. Everyone puts their arms in the air and cheers, and it just stays on Rupert's face, and he's just like staring at nothing. And it's uh, and then it then it cuts to the credits with with first it's no sound, and then there's a little light underscoring, and it just ripped my fucking guts out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even see it. My fucking heart hurts. Yeah, Damn manly it. man. Pressed on pants. Oh. Pressed on pants. Um, however, there's one other thing I would like to... Well, no, two other things I would like to add before we go to our rating scale. Oh, three, because we have to talk about the, the people we're shutting out. So, uh, one, um, if you... Conti- if you're watching on Amazon or on Stars, anytime, anywhere that has those little behind-the-scenes featurettes... Um, <laughs> The guy who wrote and produced this episode. Iris Stephen Bear. Iris Stephen Bear. He's got a bright fucking purple goatee. And when he showed up on the screen, all three of us just yelled We're for like, joy. Yeah. Oh, it was fucking amazing. He has a bright purple goatee. That shit made me so, it was exactly what I needed after watching Rupert mourn his friend by staring. It was <laughs> Fucking amazing. And also, <laughs> it's a super duper well written episode. So, like, cheers to you, Irish Stephen. This Bear. was a very good episode. The only I didn't thing. E- I didn't even miss doing it. No, no, we were like, no, I'm so glad they didn't do this no, episode. It, it would have been, been out of place. Shoehorned in and ridiculous. But the only thing better than the way this episode was written was that purple fucking goatee. That shit was, <laughs> it was amazing. Perfect. Two, after we watched this episode, we needed a palate cleanser. Oh, my God. So we we were just browsing through the movies that stars on has Amazon. on Amazon. And we watched Roll Bounce. You guys, 
watch Roll Bounce. Watch Roll right Bounce now. The next time there's a really rough episode of Outlander, just go watch Roll Bounce. You still might cry. We cried, but it's Lil Bow Wow who now goes by his real name. Lit, but whatever, like at this time, when this movie was made in 2005, might have been just Bow Wow. It was just Bow Wow. He was past the Lil, but wasn't being a real person yet. So, um, but he's great, and it has Shy McBride, who's from Boston Public, and it's just easier if you call him Boston Public. And um, it's about it's about kids doing essentially roller disco in the 70s in Chicago. And that South shit, Side versus North Side. Oh, it was so good. Oh, it was so But it was so an good. incredibly diverse movie. The costumes were a fucking amazing julie kept going i want those pants and then also, five minutes later she'd say i want those pants i want those pants i want those pants and also just seeing like what it was like to live in chicago in the 70s was amazing three before we do our scales um so we've been saying for a couple weeks please review us on itunes and two of you listened and we and because itunes usernames are bullshit i have no idea who either of you are it was like elbow and then like Okay, thanks. Uh, but wrote just two really wonderful reviews who absolutely made our day on Friday when we saw them for the first time because I hadn't checked in a while. Um, and we have some great ratings too. Thank you to everybody who's given us a rating because the rating is really high and that is excellent. But those reviews, I laughed out loud to the person who, who ended their review with hashtag RIP Dick Fox. That would be uh, K Clark B. K Clark B. K Clark B, thank thanks. you. And then what's the name of the second one? Uh, I'm going to go, uh, this I think is phonetic. L-E-D. L-E-D. Um, <laughs> Kitchen above month. I want to buy a month. Um, I would like you to know that we really want to find an opportunity to make ponchos that say Podlander Drunkcast on them specifically so that we can send you one so that when you're listening to the show, if you spit out your beer, you won't ruin your pants. Mm-hmm. You're pressed, you're pressed on, on pants. pants. Hey. Yeah. Hey, oh. All right. So we'll go through the doing it one really fast. Uh, on a scale of let's, what's the, let's say Saving Private Ryan to um, what's the doing itest war movie? I don't know. I'm going to go Saving Private Ryan. Why don't we go, why don't we go like. It's completely unnecessary. What about Biloxi Blues? There's not a lot of doing in it, but there's a lot of. It, but tension. that was necessary to it. Uh, I will straight go. I, I don't do Ryan. this very often, but I will go with the the baseline choice because it wasn't necessary. Yeah. No, and it, and that's fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. It actually and actually it made me think of Saving Private Ryan because of that moment in the D-Day sequence when um, the kid gets shot in the helmet and he takes off his helmet to look at the bullet hole and, and then, then he gets, gets shot, shot in the, in the head. head. Oh, oh God! That. God damn it! I watched Saving Private Ryan behind a man in his seventies who wept the entire time. It was no. very rough. No. Anyway, okay. So costumes on a scale, we'll go with some more shit again. Let's go on a scale of. Uh, mm, let's see. How about? No, maybe not worship. We'll abandon worship. Band of Brothers. That's worship. Band of Brothers to um. Uh, heroes. The television series. Oh. Would you really go positive to negative? Yeah, no, that's bad. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Of, no, how about uh, uh, Wrath of Khan? Ooh, okay. Uh, well, it's closer to Band of Brothers because it really feels like the costumes in this episode, minus BPD, yeah, were very utilitarian. There's not like a lot of like showy shit. And Although then, I did love Wrath that they Khan, used the you know kilt. what Wrath of Khan um, is an interesting choice because Khan has all the fancy shit. I'm gonna go. You know what? You know what? What? I'm gonna go Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Sweet. That I think that no, that definitely won an Oscar for costume design. Yeah. And then people were mad because that woman wore jeans. Not 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 Mad not uh, Fury Road. Oh right, Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, Tina Turner with a big shell earring. We don't need another hero. Style. Yeah. Uh, Butter right. Town. Yes. Great. Okay. Uh, last scale on a scale of. God, every time I just want to say Ken Burns baseball now. <laughs> That's because it's the best. <laughs> All right. Um, let's say on a scale. Ken, Ken Burns Civil War? <laughs> no. On a scale of, let's say, um, uh, 
Um, PBS Pledge Drive. Oh, Jesus, mind, brain, body. Wait, we're talking about the one that has a red dwarf playing the entire time, right? No, huh? we're PBS talking. Pledge Drive, they play red dwarf for like. No, no we're no, talking no. about, we're talking the, about actual the one pledge where drive. they're like oh, call okay. in and yeah. You oh, can okay. get this commemorative tote bag and this plate with with Downton Abbey on it. Um, so on a scale of PBS Pledge Drive to. Let's say Silence of the Lambs. What? Where is it on a get up to get another beer scale? Oh my God. Okay. There was a definite point when we got up and got another drink. Like actually, literally, when we were at my house watching this. Yeah, but we paused it. We did pause it. It was a pause-worthy moment, though. It was right before the battle. And it was, but, but I will say this. It's because we needed another drink. And that's an important factor, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, if you're smart, you'll just have a bottle of wine or maybe a six-pack of beer with you. If you're not, there is a moment about halfway through the episode where you could do it. So uh, by do it, I mean pause and go get a drink. So I would say... <laughs> Clarification needed. Like, well, it is needed because everybody thinks that's all I talk about is doing. You think that's all you talk about? It's because it is all I talk about. <laughs> so, so um, what would that make it? it? That would make it like uh, if we're gonna go PBS, we're. Gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take it straight to the fucking cooking programs, and I'm gonna say it's like halfway through a program of Stephen Reichland Project Smoke. For those of you who don't know what that means, I'm sorry. For those of you who do know what that means, you're welcome. Uh, and I just want, want everyone to know that Julie just acted like the people who do it. She pointed to one side of the room, like all the people who don't know are on this side mm-hmm. and all the people who do know are on this Haters side. Haters to the left. Uh, Radio. Just so we know, everyone who didn't know was on my side. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it for this week. We're getting close to the end here. That was episode mm. 10. I think there are like 14, 15 episodes this season. Mm-hmm. It's less than last season. Um, uh, and after this, we're going to do season one. Um, but if there's anything else that you think that we should be talking about that we're not addressing, tweet us, Facebook us. We have a Facebook page now. We do you have a new Facebook page. You can find us by searching Podlander Drunkcast. Because um, for some reason, it won't let me create a custom URL. I don't know why. But um, uh, you can find the wallpaper that it took me 24 hours to make. And by that, I mean it took me two seconds to write I Heart Pample Moose above <laughs> that a picture shit of That is the jam, no. <laughs> uh, t- just a heads up. I just t- typed in Podlander Drunkcast and Outlander Podcast. And Facebook tells me a thousand people are talking about this. Well, that is not true. <laughs> that can't Facebook be true. Facebook is awesome. They love us. Well, maybe, I, I don't, God, did we accidentally say something racist and so all of a sudden we went viral? I don't think so. Maybe we're just two about ladies. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Insane. Anyway, we, we fucking got doxxed by the MRA. Mm-hmm. That's more likely. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. If there's anything else that you want us to talk about, let us know. And again, seriously, thank you to those of you who have reviewed. It really made our day. Please do it. If if you do listen, please leave a review on yeah. iTunes. It's great for us. It we, really is. We promised to try and get, send you a gift. We had a gift conversation after seeing the reviews. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. We'll send you an appropriate gift of how you've made us feel. It'll probably be... RuPaul related. <laughs> or it'll be Duncan LaCroix w- wiggling his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. One of the two. You could choose. I, RuPaul or Pample Moose. You choose. <laughs> and then maybe we'll send both. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so thank you so much for listening and and uh, I'm Allison. And I'm Julie. And that's Janine. Hey. Uh, have a great week, and we'll see you next week to talk about more worship. Mm, bye. Bye. <sighs>